Well, hey folks, Jeff Salzman here and welcome to The Daily Evolver. You can find all of my stuff at dailyevolver.com. What I wanted to do today is look at what I'm calling integral arisings in the culture. It's one of the things that we get to do with integral theory, and that is to notice the, under its own power, evolution of human consciousness and culture. And what I'm noticing is that there's a new attitude that's taking place in the culture war, uh, at least among the people on my team, the liberals, if you will, and that there is a realization, it's, it's almost like a married couple who, after two decades of fighting about cooking and the toothpaste and how to raise the kids, just get so bored with the same arguments or they become less relevant. And we start to get curious about the process of fighting itself and our role in it and how we need other people to see things the same way we do. And if they don't, then we get anxious and, and, we, and we try to colonize them and win them over and how much time we spend in dueling worldviews with other people, other groups on the television and real life. And it's this process of self-observation that comes online where we can begin the dismantling of this us versus them mode. And that is characterized, that whole sort of process is characterized first by just surrender. And we realize we are just never going to win this battle. It's a horrible realization. Scott Peck says that that's the point where we have to start walking through the desert. We abandon all hope of winning. But then, if you're lucky, you continue and you have a chance at real community which is where you get to see the gifts that the other side had all along, but you were blinded to. And that's the advanced class. But I think for now, we got to be satisfied with just plain old surrender. So I'm going to start with an example of that from one of my favorite culture warriors, Bill Maher, who has a real time with Bill Maher on uh, HBO. So here's Bill Maher talking about how to prepare for the Thanksgiving wars. And this was the, I think, his last episode before Thanksgiving. Okay, so here he is where he's talking about the surrender, this idea that, you know, we got to live with each other. I never forget the single shining truth about democracy. It means sharing a country with assholes you can't stand. <laughs> Think about that the next time you think you can own someone politically. Think about how you can see politics so differently from people who share your very blood. I want to be careful not to play too much of this because it makes the Google gods crazy and they crash the world down on me. But um, so he goes on and he talks about how these people, these Trump supporters, put marshmallows on their sweet potatoes. And they wear matching outfits. 
and they hang testicles on their pickup trucks. And he says, most inexplicable, they like Donald Trump. And then he goes on. We will never understand a brain that thinks like that, and they will never understand worrying about gluten all the time. America is a big country filled with millions of people who don't think the way you do and never will. We're stuck with them, and they're stuck with us. Okay, and next he warns us that things could go really off the rails. Now lately, we've been hearing more and more about a second civil war, which sounds impossible in this modern affluent country. It is not. We are going to have to learn to live with each other or there will be blood. Okay, that's where I would disagree with Bill. One of the features of evolution is that in the aggregate, people get more and more uh, civilized. So violence is down in general. If we looked at the Civil War, the equivalent number of people who would have to die today would be somewhere between 20 and 30 million people. And there's nothing like that could happen. And in fact, you know, the idea that there being blood, it's one of the things that I think we can rely on that at modernity, we don't ratchet back that far. So I actually, and I'm horrified to say this actually, I'm not sure that I wouldn't trust Trump not to try, but I don't think, you know, the military, the police, you know, these are way more than adequately um, modern institutions. But yes, we are in a civil culture war, and that is not pretty either. And Bill goes on to describe it. Liberals are described as weak, lame, coddling, oversensitive, and limp dicked. <laughs> Which are strong words for a bunch of mouth breathers, shit kickers, knuckle draggers, <laughs> Bible thumpers, sister fuckers, and roots. Okay, and this is where we get to the it blew me away moment. Yes, I have been guilty of saying things like that, but I'm gonna try to stop. I think that is very significant that Bill Maher said he's going to try to stop insulting the people on the right. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, pretty funny at any rate. All right, so then he goes on and he talks about how he learned that the anti-intellectualism that he saw on the right came primarily not from stupidity, but from hate. And it flowed in both directions. And as he went on, he said, telling people you think they're irredeemable makes them say, I'd rather side with Russia than you. Which is interesting. And I think literally true in the sense that in our increasingly globalized world, a traditionalist in middle America is actually going to have more in common in terms of worldview with a typical Russian than they are with a liberal progressive in New York City. <laughs> and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a kind of globalization of value stages that is probably inevitable and probably far more benign than, say, the demonization of the Ruskies 
back in the Cold War. I think I'll take it. Okay, so back to Bill Maher. And then he talks about how this is happening on several different scales, uh, politically, of course, but that these are people you work with, these are the people you go to school with, and these are people who you live with in your home. And it gets back to that husband-wife partner thing. And that home, as he puts it, is where you learn that the three magic words in a relationship are not, I love you, but let it go. And then he goes on and he talks about, don't get mad at Ellen DeGeneres because she's friends with George Bush or Michelle Obama because she hugged George Bush, because that's where we need to go. And he ends with this sweet little series of pictures of a kitten with a duck and a dog with a donkey. And he says, For a country that loves to look at pictures of entirely different species getting along, can't we try it in politics? <laughs> All right, that's our show. We're off. All right. I thought that was a pretty significant moment in the end of Bill Maher's 2019 season, his final words before he goes out for a few months. All right. The next one I wanted to share is a segment from S.E. Cup, who is a CNN host on weekends. And she had on her show uh, one of my favorite comedy writers, actually. He used to have a column in Time magazine uh, probably 10 years ago, Joel Stein. And he just wrote a book called In Defense of Elitism, Why I'm Better Than You and You Are Better Than Someone Who Didn't Buy This Book. So here he is on SE Cup, and here too, I sense this arising of a new wanting to understand the other side and let them in. First, he defines how he is using the term elites. Good, the elite. And when I talk about the elite, I'm talking about, as you put it so well, the intellectual elite, not the money elite, the people right. who don't want a yacht, they just want to give a TED talk. These are our people. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and then he went on to talk about what the sort of theme of his book, which is where he went to this county in Texas, I think it's Roberts County, with the highest percentage of Trump voters in the country. And like Bill Maher, he sees them as, you know, not functioning as anti-intellectual so much, but he's, they're functioning out of a animus. They're in an existential struggle against the elites, and they believe that they need corruption to fight corruption. And here's how he explains it. There's a belief among Trump and his supporters that there is a corrupt world and that the elite are really good at corruption. And what you need is a leader on your side who's probably equally corrupt, but on your team and fighting the lying with their own lying. And then she asks him, what would you tell the elites, say somebody like Elizabeth Warren, about these people? Here's what he says. I would say that those people are scared of you and that um, you, should, sure. you should listen to their pain. And to, yeah. to just boil it down to economics is wrong. Like people feel like the or country bigotry. is changing. All right. It's not about the economics. It's about the identity. And then he goes on to talk about how Things like gay marriage and transgender rights and so forth, 
that don't seem like a big deal to those of us who are urbanites are a very big deal to the people in Roberts County. And that in terms of change, people feel acceleration more than speed. I like that. I also like that he made a point of talking about the upside of the traditionalist world. He talks about a judge in Roberts County who asked him, and Joel Stein lives in Los Angeles, but he asked him, would you leave your child with anyone in a 10 block radius of your house? Because the judge would. The, the transmission here is that the home and hearth people are holding something of great value. And he points out that the people who stayed in their hometown were 50% more likely to vote for Trump than those who moved even two hours away from home. And that that really is the new divide in the culture, to use the typical uh, political terms, populists versus the elites. But that's the crux of it. And I think that's right. And I think that we who moved away have a lot to learn about those who stayed. Uh, I think they do too about us, but they've learned enough about us. It's from just the culture basically is a modern culture that is the pop culture in this country. So the idea that the people who stayed hate us, as Bill Maher explains, or as Joel Stein explains, that they're afraid of us may not seem like much progress over their stupid. But it actually is in the sense that it acknowledges that the leavers and the stayers, the movers and the stayers, live in different world spaces. And it's not that they live in a defective version of ours, which is incidentally what they think about us too, that we live in a defective libtard version of the reality that is obvious to them. But no, two worlds, two world spaces, and two worldviews. And I think that part of what we need to do on our side is to realize that we have an animus to them too. I mean, it's easy to project it onto Trump, but it's like Essie Cup says, it's, it, it's an odd thing that she said at the end of that clip. If you remember, she said, it's actually bigotry, it's bigotry. And as I've pointed out numerous times, if you look at the popular culture that arose since the 60s, where the villain is always capitalism, religions openly mocked, and all of that, of course, evolutionarily speaking, is right on schedule. It, it was time to deconstruct the triumphalist narratives of traditionalism. But the traditionalists don't like it. And what they do like is Trump thumbing his nose at the elites and the deep state and globalism and postmodern multiculturalism and weird, weird light bulbs and 15 flush toilets. And it's not just Trump's insults and fighting. He also offers a positive message that resonates with these folks. Because there's a spirit for what we're doing. We're fixing our country. We're healing our country. We're making America great again. 
So, yeah, I'm grateful to see Joel Stein on uh, CNN talking about letting that sort of thing in. I have to say, I'm not crazy about the ending. He's commiserating a bit with S.E. Cup at this point. She's a conservative. She, as she says, she generally votes Republican. She knows a lot of people of faith. It's very different, I note, than her saying, I have faith myself. But so she's a Republican elite. He's a Democrat elite. And here's what he says has to happen for things to move forward. And people yeah. like you and I, who probably wouldn't have agreed on that much six yeah. years ago, are agreeing on a lot more now. And if totally we don't right. come together against populism, we are going to suffer. Yeah, so I guess we have to band together us elites and, and, and go to war against the populist in the final analysis. I suppose there's a truth to that. There's part of it that has to happen. We both love and fight our way forward. So I'm just saying, let's be more conscious about the love part. It's harder, actually. Okay, so then the last one I wanted to point out is an excerpt from a special by a apparently quite popular comic. I hadn't seen her before, but she has a special on Netflix. Actually, she has a series of specials on Netflix. It's Eliza Schlesinger, and uh, she's funny. And this is her show about her year of getting married and the wedding, and it's called Eliza Schlesinger Unveiled. And it focuses a lot on the situation for women, particularly around weddings, but she uses weddings to make bigger points about the, the, the state of being a woman in America. And uh, she starts with a very positive message. And it caught my ear because let's face it, you don't hear that every day. Okay. Right now in 2019, more than it was five minutes ago, right now, it's the best time it's ever been to be a woman in most states. It's the best time. I said it. I meant it. The best time. Okay. We are the most heard, the loudest in our message, the most unified. Then she goes on to say that, however, there is, as she put it, a splinter faction of feminists and women who get angry, if you deign to disagree with an opinion, they want you drawn and quartered in a Twitter town square. And I love what she had to say about that. Girls, there's got to be a middle ground where someone disagrees with you and you get the fuck over it, okay? You don't have to hate her. One woman's affirmation of her life choices is not the negation of your existence. Be better than that, okay? And I think that is a very significant statement. There's got to be a middle ground where those who disagree with you are not the negation of your existence. Now, I think that is an integral idea, which doesn't necessarily mean it's a new idea. Here's a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Let me never fall into the vulgar mistake of dreaming that I am persecuted whenever I am contradicted. And of course, Emerson's one of my proto-integral heroes. And uh, so it's one thing for him to say it, and another thing for a comedian to say it, to cheers from an audience in, I think, Texas. It really does get to this idea that our worldview is our identity. and. That's true. 
you know, particularly as we move through traditionalism, modernism, postmodernism, also earlier than that. And in this realm of what we call first tier memes, you can only have one worldview at a time because each worldview thinks that it is by far the best worldview and the only correct one. And so they are at war, often quite literally, with all others. You know, if you look back, the magic of tribalism is actively banished when we move into a traditional worldview that invests all power into a transcendent God. So no more human magic. And of course, that worldview, the religious monotheistic worldview, is in turn is explained away into oblivion, if not de facto banished, by the next worldview, scientific rationalism. Now, that's not to say that real people in real life don't try to have a foot in both camps or all camps. So you see modern people take a good luck charm to a casino. But these worldviews are always held in tension until we reach integral consciousness, where we see that other worldviews aren't a negation of the one we have, but that they can actually be an addition to the one that we have. And that's, I think, where the culture war has to lead and will, ultimately. It's going to be, you know, internet bloody in the meantime. But uh, I have faith that we'll get through it. All right. Thanks, folks. Take care. See you next time.